Zechariah chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. Zechariah chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. The Bible says, so he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace. Grace. Do it. Mark chapter 11 and verse 23. For assuredly I said to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. I'm speaking on the subject that mountain must move. That mountain must move. Tell your neighbor that mountain must move. That mountain in your life, that mountain in your health, that mountain in your marriage, that mountain in your destiny, that mountain in your finances, that mountain in your family must move. One of the characteristics of mountains is that they can move and they must be forced to move. The Bible says, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Somebody is moving mountains today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And before we start looking at specifics, I really would like to encourage us never to give up in life. The believer must insist on having the will of God done. In his or her life. The believer must insist. On having the revealed will of God done. Jesus assured us that the will of God can be done on earth as it is in heaven. The Bible speaking in Matthew chapter 6. Verses 9 to 10. Matthew chapter 6. Verses 9 to 10, the Bible says, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And in verse number 10, Your kingdom come, now here it is, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Every child of God, as a believing saint, must insist on the will of God being done in his or her life, even as already programmed in heaven. There should be no provision for giving up. There should be no provision or allowance for resignation of any kind. 
Jesus or God or the scriptures generally have made us to understand that life is warfare. Life is war. Life is what this is. Life is not play. Life is battle. Paul speaking in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 12. He said for we wrestle not or we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. There is war, there is battle. In verse number 11 of Ephesians chapter 6, you remember in verse number 10, he says, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now in verse number 11 he says put on the whole armor of God. For what purpose? He says that you may be able to stand. That you may be, you see, a believer must stand sir. You must stand against the pressures of life. Life is full of pressures. Life is full of uncertainties. Life is full of anxieties, worries and what have you. The believer must be able to stand against, against you, be able to stand against the wires, the schemes, the strategies, the anxieties, the maneuvers, the agendas of the devil. Be able to stand. Don't be a weak Christian who easily gives up, who easily breaks down in life. Somebody shout hallelujah here. Life is warfare. Life is warfare. Life is, now, if you want welfare in life, welfare, you must be willing to engage in warfare. There is no welfare without warfare. You must stand against the wiles of the devil, sir. You must stand your ground. And I'm talking about the standing of insisting that the will of God will still be done. It may not have been done yesterday. It may not have been done in the past. But I will insist that the will of God will be done. And that is what you see in the testimony of Bartimaeus. In Mark chapter 10 verses 46 to 52. He was a blind son of a blind man. But he insisted that, look, even though my family lineage has been molested by blindness, this blindness in my own life will not continue, sir. It will not continue. It will not continue. But a mayor means the, a, the blind man or the blind son of a blind man. The blind son, that is, the father was also blind. But he said, it will not continue with me. The portion of my life that has suffered blindness is enough. And so when opportunity came, when he was told that Jesus is passing from Jericho, the man began to cry out. He began to cry out. He began to cry out. He began to cry out. Mm. He said, Jesus, son of David, son of David, Son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. 
And some people try to stop him. The devil will try to stop you. Circumstances, situations will try to stop your faith. To resist your faith, to challenge your faith. You can do whatever you want to do, but you're not going to break through. But you must insist on securing your breakthrough. You must insist on getting your testimony. The more they stopped him, the more Bartimaeus cried out. The more they stopped him, he was not afraid. He said, look, I, I don't see, but I will insist on crying out until I begin to see. I don't care who is going to hit me. For insisting on this, and you know he got his miracle. I don't care what medical science said. I don't care what has been your experience. You, you, you must know that the word of God is real. The promises of God is real. Are real. And the will of God is real. The word of God is real. The covenant of God is real. The promises of God are real. The will of God is real. You must insist on having the will of God done. In your life, in your family, in the lives of your children, in your finances, in your health, and in all aspects of life. Please, I'm talking to you. You're not going to be awake, easily doubting, easily giving up, easily broken down, Christian. Never. Never, sir. Ne whether it is to do with marital settlement, insist insist that the, that the Bible has said it is not good for the man to be alone and shall make for him a suitable helper and as a lady I am somebody suitable helper and must settle marital insist on it insist on it regardless of your age insist on it until you settle so too about children married one year two years Three years, five years, ten years. No child. Don't panic. Rather insist that we don't know how it is going to happen. But there are going to be babies in this house. There are going to be children in this house. There are going to be children in this house. Yeah. Yeah. It requires insistence to see the will of God being done. We must insist. If we are not insistent, we are not insistent, we are not insistent, we may never see the reality of the scriptures, the reality of the promises of God in our lives. Somebody shout hallelujah. Elijah had the will of God revealed to him about, you know, the, the man received the revelation that there's not going to be rain in the land of Israel. In 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 1 to 3, and in James chapter 5, verses 17 to 18, yeah. It says, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, Except at my word. Hallelujah. So at that point, what was revealed to him was that there will be no rain or dew in the land of Israel. But the time period was not given him. 
So that episode went on for three years and six months. Yeah? According to James chapter 5 and verse number 17. James chapter 5 and verse number 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And in 1 Kings 18 and verse number 1, at the end of those three and a half years, the Bible says that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, present yourself to Ahab. I will send rain on the earth. The will of God was revealed. That the time of drought and famine is about to end. And therefore, let the necessary steps be taken for the rain to come back. But you know, it took Elijah to pray seven times before the rains came. Before the revealed will of God could be manifested in the earth. He prayed first time, nothing happened. But the man was insistent. That's the point I'm trying to drive at. The man Elijah was insistent. The will of God for the land is that rain must come back. I have prayed first time, there is no rain. Did I hear God well? There was no question like that. Because he knew he held God well. But he insisted on the will of God being done, sir. He insisted that the will of God, the will of God should be done, should be done, should be done. And so he never made any provision to give up. To say, Lord, I have prayed five times. Nothing is happening. And therefore, I give up. No, sir. He, you know, the man was prepared to pray. Even 10 times, even 20 times, even 100 times, as long as or until the will of God could be done. Could be done. Could be done. Beloved brothers and sisters, the things we are reading in the Bible about our possibilities in life are true and real. They are true and real. But we need to be insistent. We must hold on. We must insist that the will of God will be done. We must insist that the will of God will be done. You've been hearing so many sermons, so many preachings about your possibilities in life. Things have been declared on you. Listen, why do you look like you have already resigned? You are just dragging yourself. Dragging yourself to church. Sometimes you are not sure about whether to work or not. My friend, don't joke with your life. Tell your neighbor, don't joke with your life. It is time to believe the word of God. It is time to believe his servants. It is time to believe the prophetic decrees. And it is time to stand on the promises of God. It is time to insist until the will of God is revealed. Until the will of God is manifested. Until the will of God is expressed in your life. I'm talking to you. Can I hear your louder shout of amen here? 
How many times are you going to hear the word of God and your life is not changing? When the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12, that the word of God is living and powerful. No doubt about that, my friend. How come the word of God doesn't seem powerful and effective in your own life? You are lacking this insistent spirit. You are lacking stubborn faith. Stubborn faith. Stubborn faith. Stubborn faith. You are lacking violence. Your faith is bankrupt of violence. Violence. We talk about the violence of faith. The violence of faith. Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 12. Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Mm. The violent take it by force. We take husbands by force. We take our babies by force. We take our promotions by force. Since the violent take it by force. Take it by force because life does not give you what you deserve. Life gives you what you demand. If you don't place a demand, you will be empty handed, my friend. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. I'm not stopping at anything. I need your mercy to mess up my blindness. I need your mercy and mercy he received. Today, you are not leaving this service empty-handed. I'm talking to you. You better shout your loudest amen. I said you are not leaving this service empty-handed. In the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody is leaving here with a testimony. If you are one of them, lift your right hand and shout, I receive my testimony. What is a mountain? What is a mountain? Because we are discussing the subject, that mountain must move. But what is this mountain? Now, here it is. A mountain is simply an impediment to movement and a hindrance to progress. That's a mountain. An impediment Impediment to movement and a hindrance to progress. So a mountain will mean a structure or an object purposely designed to hinder progress, purposely designed to impede movement. That's a mountain. An impediment to movement and hindrance to progress. You want to settle maritally, but there is no man to marry you. There is no woman to like you. That's a mountain. That's a mountain. What is a mountain? Now, here it is. A mountain is a stubborn and difficult situation to overcome. Mm -hmm. A mountain is a stubborn and difficult situation to overcome. That is, 
A mountain is a prolonged problem. A long-standing challenge. A big problem. Or a stiff opposition that looks insurmountable. You have been failing to overcome it. But today, that mountain must move in the name of Jesus. What is a mountain? A mountain is anything the devil does to oppose, disturb, attack, pull down, or to work against an individual or a group of people. Put in simple terms, a mountain is anything the devil does to steal, kill, and destroy. In 9 of John 10 and verse number 10, a thief does not come but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So a mountain is anything the devil does to fulfill his threefold mission of stealing, killing, and destroying. So we are talking about anything that he does to oppose, to disturb, to attack, to pull down, or to work against an individual. Somebody listening to me, anything of this sort operating against your life will be labeled today in the name of Jesus. Let us examine very quickly here the devastating effects of mountains. What do mountains do? If we may break it down. What do mountains do? What are the devastating effects of mountains? What sort of pressures or pain will a mountain bring in somebody's life? Number one, mountains hinder the actualization of purposes. We have read from Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 to 7. Where the Bible says this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Why is God speaking to Zerubbabel when he says to him, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Verse number 7. He said, Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain. What is God talking about or what is prophet Zechariah talking to Zerubbabel about historically God had wanted the temple back in Jerusalem to be rebuilt because you know the enemies came to bring it down they destroyed the temple and they took the children of Israel to exile And Jeremiah had given a prophecy because at that time when people were taken into exile, there were a lot of revelations by all sorts of ministers and prophets. Some were saying, you will be, you know, assuring the people that you're coming back in a year's time and so on and so forth. Amen. But Jeremiah rose up. 
to give the accurate state of affairs with regard to God's prophetic agenda for the captivity of his people. In Jeremiah 29, verses 7 to 9, Jeremiah, actually, Jeremiah 29 is a letter. It's a prophetic letter that was written to the exiles by the man of God, Jeremiah. And so, part of it says, Seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it. For in his peace, you will have peace. Verse number eight. For that says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you, nor listen to your, uh, to your dreams which you cause to be dreamt. Verse number nine. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them. And the prophecy was, you are coming back soon. You are coming back soon. You are coming back soon. It will not take long. But look at verse number 10. Verse number 10. For thus says the Lord, you are going to be in captivity for 70 years. Have you seen it? You are going to be in captivity for 70 years. Anything less than this is a lie. It is not true. You are going to be in captivity for 70 years. Somebody shout hallelujah. I said somebody shout hallelujah. Now, in Ezra chapter 1, let's read please from verse number 1 going down even to 5. Ezra chapter 1. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. So it's like the 70 years are elapsing. Is it making sense here? Now that word of the Lord had to come to pass. I decree this hour, every prophecy concerning your life shall come to pass. I said it shall come to pass. Prophecy concerning your life shall come to pass. The promises of God you have believed shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus Christ. Please, can I hear louder shout of amen here? Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing, saying what? Verse 2. Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God of heaven has given me and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. My God. Verse number three. Who is among you of all his people? May his God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is God, which is in Jerusalem. Down. Now, the long and short of it is that God spoke to Cyrus. That is why in Isaiah 45, verse number one, he called Cyrus my anointed. You remember that? Yes. He called Cyrus my anointed. He said, I'm going to give you riches. I'll go ahead of you to make all the crooked places straight, to cut and sand at the bars of iron, and to break in pieces the guests of brass. And I'll give you the hidden riches of secret places. Why? I want to empower you with the resources so you can build my city. And the city he's talking about is the temple of God back in Jerusalem. Somebody shout hallelujah. 
And so Zerubbabel, now hear this, was the one who God raised to lead a contingent of about 50,000 Jews during the reign of Cyrus who went back to Jerusalem to champion the rebuilding of the temple of God. And when they went back, when you read Ezra chapter 2, going into chapter 3, you see there that they laid the foundation of the temple. And there was massive celebration on the account of that dimension of accomplishment. They laid the foundation. But now, back in the Persian Empire, there was change of leadership. Is it making sense here? And so, they work back in Jerusalem because, you know, it's also typical of our political leaders. They don't want to perpetuate developmental projects that were initiated by the previous government. They want to bring their own unless it is, if it is a road. They have no choice. If it is a road, they have to finish it. <laughs> but for other things. So, so, now, there were some people who were not happy about that construction project and these were aligned to the new king back in Persia and they reported to the king to say that there are some Jews here that are doing this and, and so the Bible says that there was a stiff opposition against the work. Hallelujah. And it is from that story that I want us to glean what I'm calling the devastating effects of mountains. Call them oppositions impediments, hindrances. Hallelujah. So let's go, for example, to Ezra chapter 4, verses 4 to 5. Ezra chapter 4, verses 4 to 5. Then the people of the land tried to discourage the people of Judah. They troubled them in building. Have you seen it? Verse number 5. And hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even unto the reign of Dairus, king of Persia. So you see there that one of the devastating effects of mountains is that they hinder the actualization of purposes. They frustrate dreams and purposes because nothing gets done. And that was the situation at this point in time. That nothing could be done. They laid the foundation, but the works told. The Bible says several things happened. If we may go back to verse number four there. Ezra chapter four. And verse number four. Then the people of the land tried to discourage the people of Judah. They troubled them in building. So mountains are a gateway to frustration of purposes. Frustration of dreams. Nothing is actualized. Nothing is achieved. That is why for seven years now you remain empty-handed. But your story is changing today. I said your story is changing today. Lift your right hand and shout, my story is changing today. Number two, the devastating effects of mountains. Number two, they breed discouragement. Ezra chapter 4 verse 4. They breed discouragement. The Bible says that the people of the land 
tried to discourage the people of Judah. They tried to discourage. Look at this. They troubled them in building. I don't know who is troubling you. I decree this hour that your troublers are troubled. I said your troublers are troubled. I said I trouble your troublers. In the name of Jesus Christ. That yoke of discouragement against you. I cancel it in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't know who is trying to discourage you. I declare today their mission is cancelled. Their agenda is aborted. In the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody shout I will never be discouraged. Say that like you meant it. I will never be discouraged. Look at your neighbor and shout I will never be discouraged. You may be seated. Now I want to read a scripture here very quickly from the book of Isaiah. Glory be to God. People, I said glory be to God. Isaiah 42 verse 4. Isaiah 42 and verse 4. Talking about Jesus, the servant of the Lord. It says, he will not fail nor be discouraged. Till he has established justice in the earth. Somebody should be saying, I will never be discouraged until I settle marital. He says, until he has established justice, until the will of God is done, until the will of God for me, maritally, financially, ministerially is done, I will never be discouraged until I hold my own baby from my own lawyers in my hands. I will never, my God, I will never be discouraged until I said to maritally. Is it making sense? If you don't have this violent attitude, you will remain empty handed. I'm sorry to say that. Somebody shout hallelujah. Lift your right hand and shout I refuse to be discouraged. Yes. Refuse to be discouraged. Refuse to be there. Sometimes in the course of obeying God, it will look like, look, where is the testimony? Where is the practical? In the midst of taking prophetic steps, you'll find out, look, why is it not working yet? No, listen to me. Never be discouraged. One of the greatest enemies to fight against in life is what? Discouragement. Never, never. Tell your neighbor, I will never be discouraged. I will never be discouraged, sir. <laughs> you remember, you may be seated in Psalm 42. Is that verse number 7 8? Let's see. Psalm 42 or verse number 5. Let's see what it says there. Psalm 42, please. Mm. Is it verse 5 or verse what? Verse 9? Let's say, hey. verse number 5. Look at it. Psalm 42, verse number 5. Now, this is the psalmist <laughs> addressing his own soul because certain things did not just work out as expected. So he was down. You know, people say, no, I am down. No, be up. Tell your neighbor, be up. Be up. Be upstairs, not downstairs. <laughs> Why are you downcast? Why are you cast down? Why are you downcast? Oh, my soul. Why are you depressed? Why are you injured? Why are you disappointed? Why are you disquieted within me? Why? 
Why are you no longer making noise about what God is able to do? Come on. Come on. You are downcast. You are depressed. You are discouraged. Be loosed in the name of Jesus. Be loosed in the name of Jesus. I lose you from your depression. I lose you from your discouragement. I lose you right now. 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 In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Lift your right hand and shout, I will never be discouraged. Said that again, I will never be discouraged. You may be seated. Devastating effects of mountains. Number one, they hinder the actualization of purposes. Number two, they breed discouragement. Number three, they cause delays and stagnation. Mountains seek to minister delays and stagnation. Look at that verse or that passage, Ezra chapter 4, verses 4 to 6 about the temple construction project back in Jerusalem. Then the people of the land tried to discourage the people of Judah. They troubled them in building. Some of you, it's not that you did not get what you wanted. You got it but the devil said, you will not enjoy it. Okay, we try to prevent you from entering into marriage, but you have defeated us. You have entered into marriage, but we will trouble the marriage. That is why some of you, your marriages have, have never escaped troubles. It's like one trouble after another. One trouble after another. One trouble. Now listen to me. Beginning this hour, your level has changed. I said your level has changed. For once, let there be marital peace. Let there be marital peace. Let there be family stability. In the name of Jesus. Now listen to this. Best number five. The Bible says, and they hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose. <laughs> Every counselor, spiritual, physical, financial, Every counselor hired by the devil to frustrate you financially, maritally, in your health, in ministry, in career, that counselor is canceled. That counselor is destroyed. That counselor is destroyed. That counselor is destroyed. That counselor is destroyed. In the mighty name of Jesus. I said in the name of Jesus. Please be seated. Can you imagine? You see, the devil's tricks have never changed. If he hired people then to frustrate some targeted individuals, don't think he's... His approach has changed. No, sir. The devil is known for consistency. He does not change his mission. He does not change his approaches. And that is why I'm saying anyone that the devil has hired, whether in the realm of the spirit or in the physical, in your workplace, in business, to frustrate you in any way, 
Their agenda is cancelled. Their agenda scatters right now. Their agenda scatters right now. In the name of Jesus. Please sit down. I therefore decree this hour. No more delays in your life. No more stagnation in your life. No more delays in your life. No more stagnation in your life. In the name of Jesus. Number four. Devastating effects of mountains. They waste time and other resources. Yes, mountains are time wasters. For example, just to give a simple example of uh, childbearing in the family. When no children are coming. Couples will do what? A number of things. For example, they will go to various hospitals for examinations. Huh? They will talk about sperm count and other counts on the part of the man. They will also examine the woman. Is it making sense? And these tests do not come cheap. It's money, sir. Money you should have invested in buying a piece of land is money you are investing on medical examinations because children are not coming. And then, eventually, for some people, in the longer term, they begin to discuss about having IVF. Yes. Yes, I know somebody is asking, what is IVF? You know, that is why uh, technology has given you facilities like Google. So after service, just type IVF. And IVF is not done in Malawi here. You have to go to places like Zambia, India, South Africa. And that comes at a very, very huge cost. And from what I know, they, you see, it's, 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 it's a it's a game of probability. Sometimes people go for IVF a couple of times before it works. The fact that you've gone and you have spent three million doesn't mean it will work the first time. A lady called me the other time, actually wrote me the other time to say that I am going for the third time for IVF. Pastor, stand with me because I'm going for the third time. And it doesn't come cheap. That is why I'm saying that mountains waste time and other resources like finances. Mountains. And I know that several of us here have wasted time, have wasted resources in dealing with certain mountains. I declare restoration. I said I declare restoration. I said I declare restoration. In the name of Jesus. I said in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Some of you. Let's talk about. How your relationships have been failing. You enter into relationship one. After six months. It has collapsed. You enter relationship number two. I wouldn't be surprised that now. You are in relationship number six. Or you are one of those who have said, men are difficult. 
I don't want them near me anymore. Six months in a relationship that has collapsed is a waste of six months. A waste of three years. A waste of two years. Unfortunately for some stupid brothers and sisters, in those six months, they will be fornicating. That is why after the, the relationship has collapsed, you come to pastor crying, crying, crying. And when people are crying like that, I know, it's not necessarily that the relationship has collapsed, but she's regretting, why did I expose myself to this man? Come on. Next time you enter into a relationship, don't engage in sex of any kind until you enter into marriage. Is it making sense? Sisters, can I hear your yes? Because I believe that sisters are the greatest problem. Yes. Yes, when it comes to the issue of fornicating in relationships, sisters are the greatest problem. I know that you are saying, Pastor, you are not being fair to us. But you are the greatest problem. I'll tell you why. You have the right to say no. When that foolish, stupid, misguided boy or man is saying, eh, eh, you have the right to say no. Get deep behind me, Satan. But when he's pushing for it, you are smiling. <laughs> Come on! Tell that devil off. You're not going to touch my body. Who are you? You are nothing to me until we are wedded. <laughs> and you'll be looking at him and say, What? What did you say? You are nothing to me. <laughs> until we are wedded. Don't touch me. Come on. <laughs> I know some of you cannot say what I'm saying. Say, hey, Pastor. You want me to lose him now? <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. What am I saying to you? If there is anything, any mountain has wasted in your life, I declare restoration. 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 In the name of Jesus. Please, I'm talking to you. Shout your loudest. Amen. Number five. Mountains cause shame and humiliation. If you're not able to achieve what you set out to achieve, definitely shame will eventually set in. Shame. Shame. Shame will eventually set in. For example, going back to the issue of marriage or relationships. You are in there, married, glamorous wedding, three years into marriage, no child. Even if people didn't talk, you begin talking between yourselves. What's going on here? Five years. You see now, aunties and uncles will begin to send representatives to check what is going on. And some of them will begin to make proposals about, you know, some witch doctor in Karonga. 
and Chitipa Misoku Hills and Hewa in Rumpi or Maka in Insanje or Chapananga in Chikwawa or Bawi in Cheo or Nsaru in Lilongwe. <laughs> and then you say, No, we know we are Christians. Uh, we, no, 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 we, are, we cannot do that. And then you begin to fight now with your people. Then it becomes a wider family discussion. You see now, all sorts of shame. I decree this hour, your shame will not continue. In the name of Jesus Christ. I said in the name of Jesus. I read in my Bible, in Isaiah 54 and verse number 4. My God. Isaiah 54 and verse number 4. The Bible says, do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. Somebody shout, I shall not be put to shame. Say it like a minute, I shall not be put to shame. Say that better, I shall not be put to shame. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you, you, you shall never be put to shame. Yes, your shame will not continue. Your shame will not, in case you have already suffered shame, I have Joel chapter 2, verse number 26 for you. If you have already suffered some element and dimension of shame, Joel chapter 2 and verse 26 says, uh, the last part of that verse, uh, it says, my people shall never be put to shame. My people shall never be put to shame. Verse number 27. Verse number 27, what does it say? My God, look at this. It says, then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. That is, if you have been put to shame in the past, you shall never again be put to shame. Somebody shout, I receive my portion. Say that like you meant it, I receive my portion. Now hear this. What are some of the instruments that the devil uses as mountains against people? What are some of the instruments that the devil uses as mountains? These mountains and impediments that we are talking about, in what form do they come? Or in what form can they manifest or do they manifest? Number one, curses. In form of curses. Mountains can manifest in form of curses. There are so many people today that are victims of curses. Marital curses. Curses of barrenness. Curses of poverty. Curses of rejection. Nothing working. What is a cause? What do we mean by curses? Now listen to me. Curses are nothing but evil decrees. Made by agents of darkness against their targeted victims. When we talk of curses, we are talking about evil pronouncements, evil words, evil declarations, evil decrees made by agents of darkness against their targeted victims. You remember how Barak hired Balaam, that mad prophet, to curse Israel in Numbers 22, verses 1 to 6. We don't have time to read, but you capture it in your notes. Numbers chapter 22, verses 1 to 6. How that Barak, Balak, is it Barak or Balak? Balak or Barak? Well, put it there for us, please, so that the, the, the bed can be settled for us, for once. It's Balak. Balak, L, not R. 
Balak. Is it making sense? Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. This man Balak hired Balaam. Curse these people for me. And the cursing was to use evil words. I don't know who is conjuring against you. Either from the graveyard. Either from the roundabout. Either from some mountain or some shrine in your village. I decree this hour. Every curse programmed against you is cancelled. Financial curses are destroyed. Marital curses are destroyed. Financial curses are destroyed. Marital curses are destroyed. Career curses are destroyed. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says that every time Balaam cursed Israel, God turned the curse into blessing. Every curse pronounced against you, we turn it into blessing. I said we turn it into blessing. On line on ground, we turn it into blessing. We turn it into blessing. We turn it into blessing. In the name of Jesus. Anything that was meant for your destruction, we turn it out for your good. We turn it for your good. In the name of Jesus Christ. Every trial is becoming a testimony. Every obstacle is becoming a miracle. Receive your portion in the name of Jesus. I said receive your portion in the name of Jesus. I'm talking to you. Can I hear you loud? A shout of amen here. What they said now. What they said you cannot have. Receive it in abundance. Receive it in abundance. Receive it in abundance. In the name of Jesus. Sit down please. Number two. Evil altars. Evil altars. The devil does minister impediments against people. Number one, through curses. Number two, through evil altars. What are evil altars? Evil altars are places that agents of darkness use to pronounce curses and misfortunes against their targeted victims. Yeah. These are places that agents of darkness use to pronounce curses and misfortunes against their targeted victims. In the case of Balaam, he asked Balak to erect how many altars? Seven altars. Numbers 23 verses 1 to 2. When the man was hired to curse the children of Israel, he said to Balak, build seven altars for me here. How many altars? Seven altars. Not only that, I also need seven bulls and seven rams. Seven altars, 14 animals. I want to curse the people. Hallelujah. I don't know where they are standing to fight against you. We set those places ablaze in the name of Jesus. Every altar speaking against your success, speaking against your marital destiny, speaking against your well-being in life, that altar is destroyed. That shrine catches fire right now. That shrine is catching fire right now. That altar is burnt right now. In the name of Jesus. I said in the name of Jesus. Good people shout a better amen. 
I said a better amen. I said a better amen. I don't know where that altar is standing. Maybe in the neighborhood. Maybe in your home village. Maybe in your home district. Maybe in your workplace. Wherever that altar is standing. That altar from where things are being spoken against you. Strategies are being made against you. We decree this hour. That altar is destroyed. That altar is destroyed. In the mighty name of Jesus. Every satanic altar speaking against this church and speaking against me as your pastor and that altar speaking against you as a child of God is destroyed in the name of Jesus. We destroy that altar. Somebody shout three times, the altar is destroyed. Please sit down, sit down, sit down. Number three, what else does the devil use? As mountains against people. Number one, curses. Number two, evil altars. Number three, evil spirits. Evil spirits. The devil has myriads of demons that serve his wicked agenda. Demons, evil spirits, and clean spirits. And they are the greatest source of human suffering. Evil spirits are the greatest source of human suffering. And if you are failing to make headways in life, I wouldn't be surprised that the cause is some evil spirits. Because you remember in, uh, in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 28, you remember the parable from verse 25 going down to 31, there's a parable there of the tares. Call it the parable of weeds. That a garden of wheat was full of it, but when men slept, my God, the Bible says that the enemies came and planted tares in that field. And these grew up together. And in Matthew 13, 28, please, Matthew chapter 13, verse 28, put it on the screen for us. The Bible says, when they asked him, sir, did you not plant wheat here? How come we see tares? And the answer was what? An enemy has done this. An enemy, a demon, has done this. If your child is not behaving as expected, check, there is a demon. There is a demon. Stop fighting against that house worker. It's a demon, sir. It's a demon. Stop fighting against your husband. It's a demon. Stop harassing the child. Eh? Trying to press his nose. You, you can't listen and you want to, hey, 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 hey. Fight against a demon that is manipulating his behavior. Is it making sense here? I decree this hour. Every evil spirit that was assigned to make your life miserable is arrested. Yeah. I said that evil spirit is arrested. Yeah. And I cast it back to hell in the name of Jesus. I cast it back to hell in the name of Jesus. I cast it back to hell in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. What do demons do to people? What do demons do to people? Two things very quickly. Number one, they torment and harass people. They torment and harass people. That is why, you know, some people, when they join a new workplace, you see that the atmosphere changes. Everyone will be saying, who are you? What have you come to do here? And for the two years you try to be in that place, it's like hell on earth. Why? Demons. 
have been assigned to torment and harass you in your career. Yes. And these torments can be emotional torment, mental torment, moral torments. So those of you that can't keep your zip closed. Hmm? You're always looking for who to have sex with. And if you're not careful, even dogs, you, you can't even have sex with. You see, look, this is a moral torment of devils. Don't come to me and say, Pastor, you know, I have a, I have a moral weakness. No, say that I'm being morally tormented. He said, demon, sir. I decree this hour, every evil spirit that was assigned to torment you emotionally, mentally, psychologically, morally, that devil is arrested. Yeah. I curse that evil spirit right now. In the name of Jesus. Look at Matthew 15, 22. Matthew 15, 22. And Acts chapter 5, verse 16. And behold, now here it is. My God. A woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him. Saying, have mercy on me. O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon possessed. Can I have that verse in, say, Let's try King James Version. What is it saying there? Glory be to God. King James. Look at that. It says, Oh Lord, thou son of David, my daughter is what? Grievously vexed. Vexations. Vex. That is to torment with a lot of pain. You know, it can be a lot of pain when you have a spouse who is not getting along with you. It's a, it's a lot of pain. It's like someone is piercing your heart with a needle. Huh? When you have a spouse who is engaging in extramarital affairs, to think about this, it's, it's a vexation. It's a vexation. And it is a product of demonic torments. I came to announce this hour. Every evil spirit assigned to torment and vex your destiny is destroyed in the name of Jesus. We also see that demons cause disease and afflictions. Many men, actually the majority of sicknesses and diseases are caused by evil spirits. Evil spirits. Evil spirits. That is why when you look at Jesus' earthly ministry, you find out that many people that he healed were healed after demons were cast out. That should tell you that demons are responsible for many, many afflictions. That they don't want to be known. They don't want to be known. They don't want to be known. In, uh, in Matthew chapter 9, for example, verses 32 to 33. Matthew chapter 9, verses 32 to 33. What does it say? As they went out, behold, they brought to him a man. Now, look at this. The man was mute and demon-possessed. Mm, verse 33. And when that demon was cast out, the mute spoke. 
So no amount of Panadol can deal with this kind of condition. Because it is not a condition from natural causes. But from demonic causes. Spiritual causes. So when the demon was cast out, the affliction also disappeared. Because it was being sustained in the life of this man by the presence of that evil spirit. I therefore announce this hour for those of us that have been sick and have suffered afflictions in any aspect of our lives that yoke is destroyed in the name of Jesus. That affliction is cast out in the name of Jesus. Every evil spirit sustaining your suffering I cast it out in the name of Jesus. I cast it out in the name of Jesus. I cast it out in the name of Jesus. I cast it out in the name of Jesus. I cast it out in the name of Jesus. Good people gotta hear a lot of shout of Amanda. Instruments that devil uses as mountains. Number one, crosses. Number two, evil, evil altars. Number three, evil spirits. Let's run quickly so that we end up and pray. Number four, evil covenants. Evil covenants. Yeah. Evil covenants. And many times the enemy will drag people into such covenants unknowingly. He takes advantage of people's lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Hosea chapter four, verse number six. He takes advantage of people's ignorance. The Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So ignorance destroys. Ignorance is destroyed. Is a destroyer. And many people have been destroyed because the enemy took advantage of their lack of knowledge to drag them into certain covenants. There are certain families where people don't live beyond a certain age. It's a covenant. It's a covenant. Not long ago, yes, somebody was telling me a story about a family like that. They don't go beyond a certain age. They must die. It's a covenant. There are certain families who lose husbands through accidents. Mother lost husband through accident. Daughter, who also settled maritally, lost husband through accident. That's not coincidence. That is a demonic incident. It's not a coincidence. I decree this hour. Every covenant, known or unknown, that has been governing your life to minister pain, stagnation, rejection, confusion, that covenant is revoked now. That covenant is revoked now. That covenant is cancelled now. In the name of Jesus. I said in the name of Jesus. I decree this hour. I don't know who you offended. You know sometimes you do things and you're offending people and you don't know. Now hear this. Uh, I was surprised back in college when two brothers came to me on two separate occasions to say that uh, you know uh, I was at church 
that is they went to church, their churches and the pastor preached about forgiveness and the instruction was go and forgive. Please, if there is anyone you have offenses against or with please go and forgive them. And these two brothers on two separate occasions came to me to say that you know, if there is someone, I, I was in college, we were in college, college students. D these two fellows said, if there is someone I hate in this campus, it is you. So I have come to forgive you. Uh-uh. <laughs> what wrong did I commit? What offense? No, there is no offense. It's just natural hatred. Yes. So sometimes you don't know who you hurt and these people may be spoke things. Okay? For example, because you know there are many things that happen in relationships, for example. Eh? Uh, a brother would be in a relationship with someone and then at some point he looked at you as a lady Say, ah, I think that one is not as uh, appealing. I need this one. Is it making sense? And the brother approached you. And since you were also waiting for somebody to marry you, you accepted. Or maybe you didn't even know that the fellow already was in another relationship. But that particular sister may have looked at you as someone who has denied her the opportunity to settle maritally. Is it making sense? So words, this sister can speak what? Words. Let's see if it will work. Let's see if you will enjoy the marriage. Let's see if you have children. Let's see whatever they said. I decree this hour. It is reversed. I said it is reversed. I said it is reversed. I said it is reversed. In the name of Jesus. People shout amen three times there. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Sit down. Isaiah 28 verse 15. Isaiah 28 verse 15. Oh my God. The Bible says because you have said. We have made a covenant with death. So covenants can be made consciously or unconsciously. Unconscious covenants are those that you find yourself in out of lack of knowledge. An offer was made. You did something not knowing that you were entering into a covenant that has implicated your life forever unless and until you consciously and purposely revoke that covenant. Some of you, you made promises with people that you ended up disappointing and you've never done anything to sort out those issues. You decided to do what you called you know, I'm moving on. No, we have moved. That you have moved on doesn't mean you have left the promise and these consequences behind. It moves with you, sir. Yes, it moves with you. That is why the Bible says some people, their works will find them in heaven. That is, they will find their works where? 
Yes. As you arrive, you say, hey, what happened? <laughs> no, sir, we are waiting for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Especially those of you who are in several relationships. Several relationships at various times or sometimes multiple relationships. You made promises. And you hurt and injured people. People cried and shed tears over your decisions. And you never cared. And they spoke words in their anger. Stupid man. Or stupid sister. And so on and so forth. And so on and so forth. You said, I don't care. I have moved on. But don't you think that you left your acts, your, the consequences of your decisions behind. They are moving with you. They are moving with you. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I'm saying to you that on this prophetic ground of mercy, all those works of darkness that were pursuing and following you in whatever way to harass, to torment, and to afflict you are destroyed in the name of Jesus. We break them away in the name of Jesus. And we break you away from them in the name of Jesus. We break you away from them in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout, Lord have mercy on me. Come on, lift your voice and pray for mercy. Anyone I injured in any way, Lord I ask, please have mercy. Have mercy. I don't know what they said. As they were nursing that pain, I don't know what they said. Lord, I ask that you have mercy on me. Forgive, Lord. Forgive, Lord. Forgive, Lord. Have mercy. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Sit down. Verse 18. Isaiah 28. Verse 18, the Bible says, your covenant with death will be annulled. And your agreement with Sheol, which is death, will not stand. Every covenant, evil covenant, that you entered into, knowingly or unknowingly, every agreement that had entangled your life, Today, it is announced in the name of Jesus. It is announced in the name of Jesus. I said it is announced in the name of Jesus. People, shout your loudest amen. I said your loudest amen. The last one, number five, evil dreams. The devil is harassing, poisoning, and attacking so many people today. Through evil dreams. How many people have said, for example, that, Pastor, these are victims, for example, of miscarriages, who have said, you know, I dreamt. So before the miscarriage happens, there is always a dream. A dream that I'm trying to cross the river. 
and the torrent is so high, strong, that I couldn't cross. And when I jumped into the river, it swept me away in the dream. And when I woke up, I saw that, ah, what has happened? Some people say, like one lady said, I dreamt that somebody was hitting me on the tummy. As a pregnant woman, in the dream. When I woke up, bleeding started. The devil is a liar. Any plan of the enemy to poison your life through some evil dream, that plan is cancelled. In the name of Jesus Christ. I said in the name of Jesus. I said in the name of Jesus. Anyone here who is being victimized through evil dreams, I release you in the name of Jesus Christ. I lose you in the name of Jesus. Receive your freedom. Receive your liberty. In the name of Jesus. Sit down. Let's look at this. The question is in Zechariah 4, 7. Who are you, O great mountain? Who are you, O great mountain? Who are you, O great mountain? <laughs> and then he says, Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. Ah. What's the meaning of that? God knows the location of your challenge. God knows the location of your challenge. He says, who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? So Zerubbabel was personally known by God. And I want you to know that you are personally known by God. Somebody shout, God knows me. So there is no aspect of your life and there is no aspect of your experiences that God is not aware of. He knows exactly what the challenge is and he has the best solution to your challenge. That is why he says, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things I did not know. Jeremiah 33 verse number 3 says, call to me, call to me, call to me because I know the location of your challenge. I know what kind of mountain is before Zerubbabel. So I know how to handle it. I know how to handle it. I know how to handle that challenge. I decree this hour that great mountain in your life is becoming a great testimony. In the name of Jesus. Please, I'm talking to you. Can I hear a loud shout of amen here? Hallelujah. Lift your right hand and shout. This mountain must move. God had to identify a particular mountain that was before Zerubbabel. Yes. He said, I will deal with you. Anything you are identifying right now as a problem in your life, God will deal it in this service. God will address it in this service. 
God will deal with it in this service. In the name of Jesus. Mm, now look at this before we pray. What did God engage in dealing with that mountain before Zerubbabel? Three things are needed to deal with your mountain. Three things. Yeah, three things. First of all, the Bible talks about the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord came to Zerubbabel. The word of the Lord. Give me Zechariah 4, please. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Yeah. The word of the Lord. And that is what I have dished out. What you are hearing since I began talking is the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. John 1 verse 1. When they cried out to him in their distress. Psalm 107 verses 19 to 20. When they cried out to him in their distress. In their trouble. He saved them. How did he do it? Verse number 20. The Bible says he sent his word. And God has sent his word to you this morning. He says that mountain must. Huh? Look at you now. What should that mountain do, sir? Move. Move into a bedroom. Come on, move to where? Move out of your sight. That mountain is moving out of your sight. That marital mountain is moving out of your sight. Receive your marital breakthroughs. Your marital testimonies. In the name of Jesus. I said in the name of Jesus. You are single set to marital land. I said set to marital land. You are married and there are no children. Let there be children. Let there be children. Let there be the fruit of the womb. In the name of Jesus. You are a married person but the marriage is troubled. Let there be peace. Let there be restoration. Let there be reconciliation. Restoration. Reconciliation. Restoration. Reconciliation. Restoration. Reconciliation. In the name of Jesus. People, can I hear a lot of shout of amen there? Number two, the spirit of the Lord. You see, solutions are coming from there, sir. From the Lord. From the Lord. Unless the Lord builds the house. <laughs> Psalm 127 and verse number one. Unless the Lord builds the house. Unless the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the solution comes from where? The Lord. And it comes, number one, in the form of the word of the Lord. Number two, the spirit of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. 
my spirit, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, Isaiah 59:19. When the the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord, <laughs> the spirit of the Lord. Look at that, sir. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord shall intervene. May the spirit of the Lord intervene in your situation. In the mighty name of Jesus, may He lift up a standard against the enemy. May, now I said, may the Holy Spirit lift up a standard against your enemies, against barrenness, against marital delays, against financial hardship in your family. In the mighty name of Jesus, whatever was a delay is cancelled. Whatever was a frustration is cancelled. Powers of rejection are dismantled. In the mighty name of Jesus, I said, in the mighty name of Jesus. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. The Bible says uh, when, 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 when the men of Judah tried Samson, my God, they came with him to Lehi in Judges chapter 15, my God, verses 15 to 17. They came with him to Lehi to hand him over to the enemies, to the Philistines. They had chained him. But at that point, the spirit of the Lord landed on Samson and the chains broke loose. Then the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burnt with fire. And his bones broke loose from his hands. I decree this hour by the engagement of the ministry of the spirit. Whatever was a chain around your life. Around your marital destiny. Around your career destiny. Around your financial destiny. Is broken. It's broken, it's broken, it's broken, it's broken, it's broken, it's broken, it's broken. In the name of Jesus, I said in the name of Jesus, people can I hear loud a shout of amen. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody engage the Holy Spirit. You're going to say, Spirit of the living God, take control, full control of every aspect and dimension of my life. I receive loosening by your ministry. I receive freedom by your ministry. I receive change of level and new lease of life by your ministry. How many are praying? Lift your voice. How many are praying? Lift your voice. How many are praying? Lift your voice. Spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God. Take full control. Lift up a standard against every enemy of my destiny. In the name of Jesus. Shakata Ragadindi. Shakata Ragadindi. Spirit of the living God. We invoke your ministry. We engage your integrity concerning our situations, concerning our times, concerning our seasons, concerning our times. We engage your integrity. We engage your integrity. We engage your power. Spirit of the Lord. We know it is never by might. It is never by power. It is by your spirit, O oh Lord. 
It is by your spirit, so Lord, we engage the integrity of your spirit. 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 Yes, in the name of Jesus. Oh my God. Yes, Lord. Jesus, mighty name, remain standing, please. The third channel that we see God engaging. In that passage of scripture is the prophet of the Lord, the word of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord, the prophet of the Lord, the prophet of the Lord. It was the prophet of the Lord who made these announcements and pronouncements. The prophet of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. That's the man of God speaking. The prophet of the Lord. The servant of the Lord. Prophet there does not mean those who bear the title prophet. But it is a general term that talks about the servants of the Lord. Like the psalmist will say, touch not my anointed ones, do my prophets no harm. He's talking about the entire congregation of Israel that we are called prophets of God, servants of the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. The servant of the Lord can be used by God in many ways to assist his people out of situations. Never forget in Hosea chapter 12 and verse number 13 that it was by a prophet that Israel got out of the land of Egypt. Servants of the Most High God have been specially packaged and anointed by God to take people out of their Egypt. To take people out of their wilderness. To take people out of their captivities and bondages. Because God confirms their word. According to Isaiah 44 verse 26. God performs their counsel. When they speak, God confirms it. When they speak, God confirms it. So God can use his servants by the ministry of decrees the ministry of what decrees when they declare things when they speak things god confirms 
Because you shall also declare a thing and it shall be what? Established. When prophet Jesus himself spoke to the fig tree, no man shall ever eat from you again. Mark chapter 11 verses 12 to 14. In verse 20 to 23, we see that tree drying up overnight. God confirming the words of his servant. Number two, God can use his servant to take people out of bondage by laying hands on them. Yes. That is why <laughs> Paul told Timothy, he said, do not be quick to lay hands on people. Do not be quick to lay hands on people. Because the doctrine of laying on of hands is very important in transmitting graces and destroying bondages in people's lives. It's true. It's true. Number three, God, my God, can use his servant to take people out of situations through what we call counsel, instructions. Instructions. They can just give you an instruction. Yes. Just an instruction. Sometimes when the servant of God is asking you a question, take it as an instruction. Take it as a what? Don't argue. Take it as an instruction. For example, if he says, have you read my book on this? Take it as a what? That is God saying, read that book. But some people say, I've not read it, I don't have it. It will end as God says, eh, you don't want to listen. You don't want to listen. Because if God is coming to the pool of Beth Esida and he's asking you, you have been there for 38 years waiting for your healing. And he's asking you, do you want to be healed? You must know it's an instruction. That is the word of the Lord telling you that you are about to be. He is preparing your mind. You don't want to make noise. You know, there is no man. There is no man. There is no man to cast me into the water. Eh, eh, I've been having failed relationships. We are, that's not why. It's not time for stories. Against all odds. What did I say? If you understand English. Against all odds, by this time next year, you'll be in marriage. Yeah. As I see married couples, married women saying, I receive it. They are receiving it on you, non-believing singles that are saying, Pastor, we, 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 we need to have a special discussion. For what? God has already discussed the matter with you. He has already been discussing with you the matter since I began preaching here. That was God trying to convince you that against all us, by this time next year, your marriage shall have a baby. I said your marriage shall have a baby. I said your marriage shall have a baby. In the name of Jesus. 
I decree this hour. Soon and very soon. Some of you that have been having squabbles and struggles in your marriage. Not getting along with your spouse. Soon and very soon. The peace in your marriage that you are going to have will surprise you. I said it will surprise you. I said it will surprise you. I said it will surprise you. In the name of Jesus. Never forget that when I say anything like this, God is what? Confirming it. Yes. It's true. It's true. Hallelujah. Or do you want me to start keeping long beard for you now to begin to believe that what I am saying is really from heaven? Huh? Long beard. I can keep it. As a prophet of God. Is <laughs> it making sense there? No, sir. No, sir. I don't need to have long hair. Or dreadlocks. For you to believe. That I am the prophet of God. I decree this hour. Your tears are wiped out. In the name of Jesus. Your disappointments are over. I said your disappointments are over. I said your disappointments are over. I said your disappointments are over. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Lift your hands. Something new in my life. Something new. Something new in my life. Lift your voice, everyone. Do something new in my life, Lord. Do something new. Do something new in my life. Do something new in my life. Something new in my life. Oh Lord, oh Lord Come on, everyone. Mean it in your hearts. Mean it from your heart. Mean it in your heart. Do something new. it from your heart. Something new in my life. Something new in my life. Oh Lord. Lift your hands. Yesterday, yesterday is, gone. is gone. Another day is here. Another day has come. Do something new. Lord, do something new in my life. Please, it is time to receive something new. Yesterday we think is gone. But joy comes in the morning. Another day has come. Lord, do something new in my life do something new do something new do something new do something new in my life do something new in my life oh lord do something new Something new in my life. 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 Something
must change. My story must change. My story must change. My story must change. Come on, everyone, lift your voice. Ask him to do something new. Financially, maritally, in your home, in your career. No, I must not be empty-handed anymore. I must not be empty-handed anymore. I must not be empty-handed anymore. God is clearing out the thorns. He's clearing out the thorns. 
No more thorns in your pathway. No more thorns in your pathway. In the name of Jesus. Because of those thorns, there was reduced speed. There was reduced speed. That is why you have suffered delays and sometimes retrogressions. But God is changing your circumstances. He is changing your circumstances. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it online on ground. Receive it. Receive it. Yes. Receive it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is landing on you in form of fire. In form of fire. To burn anything and everything that was a chain. To burn everything and anything that was a rope. A rope around your life. A rope around your marital destiny. That rope is burning right now. Those chains are burning right now. Those chains are burning right now. Yes, those chains are burning. We break them right now. We break them right now. Break! 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 One line, one ground. Break in the name of Jesus. Wherever you are, receive your liberty. 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 Pack in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I lose your loins. I lose your loins. That embargo against your child bearing. I break in the name of Jesus. I remove the embargo. I remove it right now. I remove the pain. I remove the pain. I remove the delay. I remove it right now. In the name of Jesus. My God. Shakata Ragade, Masuta Rigade, Sakata Kitari Gadia. God is ushering you into good things. God is ushering you into good things. Good things, good things, good things. Good things, receive your portion. Be busy receiving. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Receive your portion. Receive your portion. We receive it with our hearts. We receive it with our faith. We receive it with our faith. Yes, it's about heart engagement. Heart engagement. Heart engagement. Take it in your heart. Take it by faith. Take it in your heart. Take it by faith. Take it right now. Take it right now. Take it right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Believe it in your heart. Believe it in your heart. Believe it in your heart. Look at Karabasaya. Oh, padlocks. That were used to shut your doors. My God. The doors to your marital entrance. <laughs> Lika Karabasaya, those padlocks are broken. Those padlocks are broken. Those padlocks are broken. Those padlocks are broken. Break, 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 right now. In the name of Jesus. Shakata Rikadia Mahandi. Sakata Rikate Makuta Rikadia. Sakata Rikatenebosa. Shakata Rikade Makuta Rikade. Now begin to talk to your Lord, to the Lord about your specific desire. Talk to the Lord about your specific desire. He said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Lift your voice and make your requests known. Yes, make that request known to Him right now. He inclines His ear to the cry of the righteous. Cry out to him, cause 
concerning that specific need in your heart, in your life, in your marriage, in your finances, in your business, in the lives of your children, come on, lift your voice. What are you saying to Jesus? What are you saying to Jesus? What do you want him to do for you? What do you want him to do for you? What do you want him to do for you? Lift your voice, somebody. Lift your voice. Receive what belongs to you. Receive your breakthrough. Receive your testimony. Receive your change. Receive your change. Look up to Rabbasar. My just ability. Financial turnaround. I receive. I receive. Lift your voice. Receive your testimony. When they are looking for a child or children in your marriage, you are looking for marital entrance. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. You are receiving your babies. You are receiving your spouse. 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 In the name of Jesus. You will never be the same. Your life, your family will never be the same again. Jesus I move that mountain from your life I level that mountain in the name of Jesus that mountain is leveled that mountain is leveled that marital mountain is leveled that marital mountain is leveled Mountain, move in the name of Jesus. Mountain, move in the name of Jesus. Mountain, move in the name of Jesus. of breakthroughs that yes, are coming Lord. on people's lives. Yes, Put your right hand on your forehead, please. And if you are into the fruit of the womb, you put it on your tummy. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Father, we give you thanks yes, Lord. 
We give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you adoration. Yes, Lord. We thank you, mighty God, for what you have already done in this service. Yes, Lord. It is never by might nor by power. Yes, Lord. We can shout, we can do everything. We can kneel, we can lift our hands, we can do all these physical things or activities. But it is really about the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to minister assurance in your heart and life right now. Allow the Holy Spirit to minister this divine assurance. Yes. Makatarekete. Ashes help me. Makuta regade. Masata regade. Spirit of the Lord. Touch. 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 Online on ground. Them, Lord, touch us. Makata regade, bazuta regade, ya shakata regade, likata. Angels of God are ministering specifically now, so get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready. I see someone. The Lord is removing deposits from your life. There were things the enemy deposited. An enemy has done this. There were things that the enemy deposited in your life. The Lord is removing them now. The Lord is now. That is why there is warmth coming on you. Warmth, 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 warmth. Because things are being taken out. Things are being taken out. Shakata regade, basuta regadinde, masuta regade, yakata regade, basuta regadia, zukanda regade, basuta regadende, masunda regade, basuta regadia bahande, jakata regade, basuta regade, masuta regade, zukata regade, basuta regadende, sukanda regade, basuta regade. Hands that have been empty, empty of anything to talk about, are being loaded now. Yes, hands are being loaded. I don't know how many hands are ready to be loaded, but hands are being loaded. Loaded, 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 loaded with good things. With good things. Pack! Pack! Makata rikadinde masuta rakatala basuta rikadi. Jakarta regade basuta rikadia yakata it will not be business as usual yes 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 it will not be business as usual likakarabasi the hand of god is coming upon you yes the hand of god is coming upon you there is a loading a loading of testimonies a loading of favor a loading a loading of connections god is connecting you with the destiny helpers divine helpers yes receive them receive them receive them receive them 
receive them, receive them. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Shakata Rikadia Mahandi. Zakata Rikade Bakuta Rikadia. Zakanda Rikade Basuta Rikade. Zukanda Rikadinde Masuta Rikade. Yakata Rakatana Babosi. Shakanda Rikadi Basuta Rikade. Yakata Rikade Basuta Rikade. Whatever they say against you will not work. Yes, who says a thing and it comes to pass when God has not said it? What they said against you is not God who sent them. Therefore, it will not work. It will not come to pass. Only the counsel of God shall prevail in your life. Only the counsel of God shall work in your favor. In the name of Jesus. Shakata rikadili besita rikadi. Yakata rekedei masunda likatala mahande. Jakata rekedei masuta rikadei. Makuta rikatala masende rikadei. Yakata rekedei makuta rikadei. Makata rakatala masita rikadia. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As you are laying that hand on yourself, healing is taking place. It says you shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Recovery is taking place right now. Marital recovery. Marital recovery. Any pain and disappointment in your life around marital issues? Yes. It's being addressed right now. That pain is being healed. Disappointment is being healed right now. Discouragement is being taken out of your life. Yes. Receive what belongs to you. Take it! Take, 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 take. Now, 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 now. Take it now. Online on ground. Take it. 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 In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We bless your name. Yes, Lord. You are coming back with a testimony. I said somebody is coming back with a testimony. Somebody shout, I'm coming back with a testimony. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Now may the Lord bless you. May he make your testimonies permanent. May he cause you to enjoy testimonies beyond your expectations. In the name of Jesus Christ. Your testimonies shall be exceedingly abundantly above your expectations. In the name of Jesus Please, you believe that? Can I hear a loud shout of amen here? You know, that fellow in Acts chapter 3, I don't know if we have time to talk about him tomorrow. He went there to the gate called Beautiful, begging for arms. And when he saw Peter and John, he gazed at them. He said, boy, give me something. I need some cash for my lunch. At least today's lunch. But he received something beyond his expectation. <laughs> Hallelujah. As you leave this place today, may God give you breakthroughs beyond your expectations. In the name of Jesus. You believe that, shout your loudest, Amen. Psalm 23 and verse number 6. Surely. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
Amen. God bless you.